Alrighty, we're back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf. Cloverleaf Radio, I'm the host with the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon. Falcon, get all that out there. And we're absolutely honored to be welcoming today the lovely and talented actress, Kenna McEnroe. How are you, Kenna? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is an honor. I have been watching a lot of your work for years. Oh, wow. Thank you. Well, of course, uh, I was curious, first off, what was it like growing up in a beautiful place like the great state of Texas? <laughs> well, I grew up in Leveland, which is a great small town, but it is very small. I think they have like 13,000 now. I'm not quite sure how many they had when I was growing up. Uh, but, you know, it was just a really a nice small town, but for me, there wasn't any kind of, I always knew what I wanted to do. Uh, but there wasn't any kind of, like, means to do that from where I came from. I mean, we had fire, we had, like, theater, you know, in school and stuff. But, um, yeah, there just wasn't a lot around there as far as uh, the arts kind of thing. Yeah, I live in a town of 500 people. I think there's been 500 here probably since the 60s when the interstate came through. It's one of those. Oh it's one of those towns that used to have like a prosperous restaurant and like stores, and now it's just uh, got a post office and a bar. Oh wow! Well, at least it has a bar. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you can get your. Uh, you can have get. Business, make it be a bar. <laughs> yeah, you can get. Uh, you can get some stamps and then go get yourself stamped. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, I don't remember if we had a bar. We had. We had what we call was like Opie Dyke West, and it was a couple of miles because we were dry. Our county was dry growing oh, wow. up. Uh, but Opie Dyke West was like mm, a couple of miles out of Leveland city limits, and it was basically just a trailer park, and they had Wayne Bows there. Uh, I don't know what's there now, but um, yeah, where you would go, and it's a drive-through place where you can go in and you can just drive through and pick up your alcohol, beer, liquor, all that, uh, or go in, either one. Wow, that's kind of hard to imagine. I guess I've heard uh, people in Texas say you guys had, like, dry places, but I, up here I never heard anything about that, but I'm still pretty young. Yeah. How old are you? 30. 31, actually. I, I'm already forgetting. Oh, okay. oh, there you go. Old enough to be an adult, but not old enough to know everything. Uh, were you around in the days of, uh, do you remember rotary phones and things like that? Well, yeah, when I was growing up, we had a rotary phone, we had like five channels, we had a Zenith television that was like, had a wood box. Uh-huh, we had that too, uh-huh. Yep, and a big antenna, so I, it was pretty much the 60s or 70s growing up for, for some years. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, you did answer part of my second question, but as far as uh, you seemed like you wanted to become an actor for quite some time, but what was it like studying under such a legend like Gary Austin, for those that don't know, founded the Groundlings? Yeah, it was amazing. I met Gary um, over 20 years ago. Actually, I met him in Texas. I went to, uh, I do a lot of improv still to this day, and I went to the Big Stinking Comedy Festival in Austin. And that's when I met Gary, but I was working in a club called Upstaged in Dallas at the time under a man named Randy Bennett that I did sketch and improv with, and he was our director. Well, he had worked with Gary 
was one of the, the um, you know, the early uh, members of the Groundlings and had told me, you know, study with Gary, he's going to be here. So I did, Gary and I, we really hit it off. I got his information and it wasn't until three years later until I moved to L.A. And I didn't contact him one time during that time. And when I got to L.A., I just like the first, first week I was here, I called him. I was like, I don't even know if this is Gary Austin's number. So he picks right up. This was answering machine. So he's like, oh, yes, this is me. Yes, I remember you. Come to my show tonight. And so I went to He was doing a show that night called A Works in Progress. And we talked afterwards. He's like, hey, would you like to be my assistant? And I was like, sure. So I was his assistant for over 13, 14 years and still, you know, attended his classes. He became like a father and mentor to me. And Gary was. Uh, the most amazing teacher I've ever had in my life. Um, just hands down. There's no, there's nothing even close. I've had some amazing teachers too that I think are great. But Gary just, I felt like with him was the most growth of of my life. Uh, I can track with Gary for sure. He was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure he was someone really great to learn that art off of. And I'm sure improv's a lot of fun because just being able to go off the top of your head, not having to follow a script, which I think would be really difficult. You know, I love it probably because I'm lazy. So the older <laughs> I get, I'm like, oh, good, we'll just improv it. I don't have to learn any lines. Uh, but Gary's approach was get out of your head and into your body. And, you know, he changed. He kept morphing as he went along and kept changing from the days that he created the Groundlings. And at the very end, he was just into a place of everything was so organic, we didn't even take suggestions. We would just put our bodies arbitrarily into a position, make a stage picture, and go kind of thing. You didn't have to do the whole, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like the improv rules, uh, but it wasn't like that with Gary at all. We kind of took away all the rules, and then, you know, if you, if you, if you, needed help he would prompt you along and say don't ask a question or this or that but he kind of wanted to see where everything went and I remember sitting in Gary's class and sometimes the scene would go on for 20 minutes and you're like damn are you going to call it yet or what (laughs) but he would he would just let you try to find your way out of it and let you explore and that's what I loved about Gary was just the freedom and the exploration and being able to feel awkward in front of people, you know, and, and just going with that and making something work. But by getting out of your head, even in the situations that you would be most in your head for, you know, and really just letting your body, like your body decides to do something and that makes this type of voice come out. Or, you know, it's really hard to explain on the phone, but um, it, it, he's, he's just a master. Uh, and um, I, I've seen people that were accountants that weren't even wanting to be an actor but just thought it might be fun and come to his class and they were doing great work by the end of the class and I was shocked. He, he was an amazing, amazing uh, director and teacher and mentor. Yeah, it's really unfortunate he passed away a few years ago and I'm sure, uh, you know, he, I mean, I know he, he uh, taught so many minds but I'm sure uh, a lot of people still miss him to this day. Oh, God. Uh, he's touched thousands of people's lives. Um, he taught uh, in New York. He taught in Seattle. He taught some in Texas. He taught in Nashville. He took, you know, 30-plus years in, in L.A. Um, you know, so he... I, I was always 
shocked when I would meet another actor that didn't know Gary or didn't know his name. I mean, you could go anywhere. He taught in Chicago. Uh, and say, Gary Austin, oh, yeah, I did a workshop with him years ago. And it's just crazy because everybody knew Gary. And Gary would always say he wasn't a rich man, but he felt rich because of all all the people that he had in his life. And, and, and Gary did not have a lot of money, but he did have a ton of people that loved him and were, you know, always there and always supportive. And he was supportive, too. I mean, you know, that's just Gary. He was great. That is so, <clears throat> excuse me, that is so awesome to hear. And of course, it's been 21 years since you became a part of the pop culture phenomenon with your role as Nina in the 1999 cult classic Office Space. What was it like working on such a legendary film? And if possible, could we hear little corporate accounts? <laughs> uh, sure, I'll try to give it. I don't know if this is going to be the same from the film, but uh, corporate accounts payable. Nina speaking, just a moment. I think that sounded as perfect as it could have of me watching the movie. <laughs> oh, good, good. Um, you know, going back to Gary, I met Gary when I was in Austin for my uh, the Big Scene Comedy Festival. I got a call back for Office Space. And, um, you know, I lived in Dallas, but I had gone and auditioned in Austin a few months prior to that. And I just, I wrote it off because I was like, it's been, what, months? I didn't get that part. And then I was there at the festival, and I get a call from my agent and say, hey, they need you to come in for a call back tomorrow. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm already here. So I did, and I just felt like when I left the room, I was like, I got it. I know I got it. I just felt it. The way we all talked, the way we all were, I was like, I got it. So I called my agent and said, I really think I got it. I, when you think we'll hear you, like, no, honey, don't get your hopes up. You know, it may be a long time, and maybe you didn't get it because it's and then the next morning, which happened to be my birthday, she called and was like, well, you booked it, so I guess you had the right feeling. And I was like, oh, my God. So that was literally the first, my first film outside of, like, student films um, ever. And I had just got graduated from Katie Studios, which is the Actors Conservatory of the Southwest in Dallas. And so I thought, man, this shit's easy, you know. It's going to be up, up, up from here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not always like that. I mean, I, I can go years without booking a gig that really pays anything. I work all the time, but does it pay kind of thing. So, um, you know, but it was exciting. And at the time, it really did nothing at the box office and was kind of a flop. And then just years later, you know, it, it, it really picked up steam and became popular and stuff. So... At first, it was nothing, though. I remember being like, oh, gosh, it didn't do very well, and being like, okay, whatever. And, and they cut a lot of me out of that film, so I was mad right. about that. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, I like one of the deleted scenes when Ron Livingston come up, comes up to you. He's like, why just can't you say corporate accounts? <laughs> and he oh, just, no, like, unloads no. on you. And it, it's really funny. It sucks that... Sometimes a lot of the great scenes are left on the floor in the uh, in the special features. Yeah, Mike Judge had told me at the 10-year reunion, and we just last year had the 20-year reunion, hard to believe, uh, but at the 10-year reunion, he told me, um, this was, I think this was just, uh, he was still doing, was it King of the Hill or something like that, but he said they had come to him for like a DVD, you know, a 10-year re reunion anniversary thing for Office Space and wanted some extra scenes. He said, I just didn't have time, but... I really loved all the stuff you did in, that you improvised about the lemon squares 
and it was a scene in my cubicle where I was on the phone, and I see Ron Livingston's character get out of the car, and he hasn't been at work, and he puts on one of those things that locks the, um, you put it on the steering wheel, and it locks the car, you know what I mean, so you can't steal it, I forget what those are called, they used to put them on the steering wheel. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) And I, I thought it was a gun, you know, like he was coming in to be postal. And so I freak out, and I'm like, you know, running through the office kind of thing. And that was all gone. So I was, you know, I was bummed about it. But he was like, you know, I was so busy. He said that I didn't have time to go through everything and get it. He said, but, you know, the next time they ask me for something like that, I'm going to get your scenes and put them out there because they were really great. So even the fact that he just said that, you know, made my day. And I was like, right there, I've already won. Mike Judge remembered me in those scenes, and that's all that I cared about. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was probably around the time, well, it actually was around the time that the uh, special edition came out with the flare, and that's when it was the first oh, yeah. time I'd seen it, and I, I don't know how many times I've seen it since then, but I, I just couldn't, I, I can watch it and laugh so much and still quote like nine-tenths of it, and it's just still so funny. Aw, oh, thank you. Well, it, it really... You know, that movie's kind of responsible for a lot of things in my life. I mean, I met Gary not because of it, but when all that happened and when I booked it, and Gary was so happy for me when I told him, you know, in Austin because he was there. Um, And then, like, because of that, my husband, who's Dutch, who lived in the Netherlands, you know, uh, was a big fan of it, added me on Facebook, don't even remember, you know, accepting him, but... Then we started talking, and then we start, you know, all that stuff and Skyping and this and that. And then, you know, here we are, 10 years, 11 years later, we're married and we have a kid. So because of that movie, you know, um, that, that he kind of, it, it kind of got me my husband and my family. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have never known him or met him, you know. That is so cool. So Facebook love is the way to go, you're saying. saying that's your office space. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, that's great, though. That's great that you're married and you have a child. I have a puppy. Well, actually, we have nine oh, dogs. Well, you know what? You know, sometimes I'm like, what? Can I, can I adopt it for something easier? <laughs> Well, I know that uh, the 
cases have been spiking everywhere, but like Illinois and somewhere else, are you still able to get out some at least? You know, I I do Instacart mainly for all my grocery shopping and all that. If I have to go out, like pick up like say a prescription or something like that, I might run into a store. Or if I haven't been able to order something on Instacart, and I'm like, I know they have them, they just always say out of stock for some reason. Then I'll go in. Uh, like, my back is on the fritz of going out right now, so this morning I had to go to the chiropractor, which I haven't been to in forever, since way before the quarantine anyways, and so and I'm going to have to go tomorrow, but, you know, I always mask up, glove up, uh, you know, I've got the sanitizer, I just, I stay six feet, if not further away from people. With my kid, I mean, he's got to get out sometimes, so he doesn't go to the autism center anymore, but we'll go for walks when it's not too hot or um you know we'll go for long drives or drive up the coastline or he loves his favorite place is hollywood forever which is a cemetery yes of course <laughs> i've been there it's wonderful yeah yeah so we'll go out there and walk and they have like a pond right now they've they've drained the pond and stuff but they usually have ducks and swans yep. and fish and and um they also have peacocks and peahens there so he loves the peacocks and the peahens and he will literally say it on a loop Peacock, 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 you know, over and over. Like, so I'm like, okay, I guess we got to go see the peacock. So we'll go, and I love it because he, he's an eloper, you know, he'll run off from me. But in the, the cemetery, you know, really, everybody else is dead pretty much. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about him, like, running off or running into I was going to say, <laughs> if someone runs off with your son, you may be on a movie yeah. set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I need to get a reality show. I swear it was stolen by a ghost so um yeah so we love to go there it's an awesome little place very serene and peaceful and of course i'm always like oh gosh my kid he's climbing on graves and stuff <laughs> like, okay get down okay this has got to be some kind of bad karma or bad oh my gosh <laughs> well can I, i'll tell you what you send me your address and i'll mail you a couple peacock feathers because we have some peacocks <laughs> Oh no, I got stamps, I'll just throw it in the box and make the mail lady pick it up. Oh, okay, cool. All right, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. He would love that. He picks up all the there'll be feather you know, feathers around the cage. Yeah. They leave the cage open and they go in and out and just walk amongst the graves or stay in the cage. And he'll pick up their feathers that have come out and he'll put them back in the cage. He'll like put them back there like, Oh, you're you've lost this, here you need it back and it's yeah, we have white ones and blue ones, and we have one oh, that is wow. half white, half blue. So you live in the country, kind of? Oh, yeah. Oh. We oh. have, oh, like, maybe three peacocks. We have nine dogs. Wow. Oh. Bunch of chickens. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a barn burner. I love it. You know, I am... As I've gotten older, I love L.A. I really, really love L.A., but it's not the same L.A. I, I moved to nearly right. 20 years ago. And now that I have a kid, you know, we're really thinking maybe trying to find our way back to uh, Texas. I mean, if we're going to be self-taping, then I could live anywhere and do that. You know, my husband's an editor. He can live anywhere and do that. I, I, don't, I know enough people here now that I can come and stay at somebody's house you know, if I've got work or whatever, 
so, you know, I, I could work all the areas, like New Mexico has a lot of stuff going on, uh, yeah, Texas has a lot of things that go on, and Atlanta and Oklahoma, all those areas there, you know, I could get representation and, you know, go out for that stuff too. So we've just been kind of thinking, where could we move where we can all still do what we need and my, my kid can have the resources he needs, and he's the number one thing, so... Uh, it's basically like where could he get the resources that he gets out here because I will say LA is in California itself is a, the best place probably to live if you have autism so and it's it's beautiful I mean I know yeah. there's uh, there's a lot of uh, yeah things about it but it is really beautiful there's a lot of awesome stuff to see and it's a great place to go and uh, you know take a vacation Oh, yeah, and I love it. I will, you know, miss it, and hopefully someday we could come back and stuff. It's just so expensive, you know, that we're like, we'd never be able to afford a house here unless I were to get on a series that was like a hit show that lasted, you know, so many seasons or whatever, because it's just ridiculous, the price of a house here. So we live oh, in yeah. an apartment, and I just want my kid to have a backyard and a home. So um, that's why I'm thinking about it, and it's like, you know, I can always come back, I can always audition, and then if I got a call back or had to come in for a screen test or something like that, then you fly in, you write it off on your taxes. So um, that's what I think. I also teach, so I feel like I could probably make a better living teaching in Dallas as opposed to here where, you know, Helen Hunt's giving a master class or Jason Alexander, I would go to their class too over me. But if I'm there... And they don't have people, you know, that are out in L.A. Right. working that are teaching. Then then I become, you know, the big fish in the small pond kind of thing. So, and then I take your money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I take your money and buy stuff with it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I think I could do really well teaching there as well. I still wouldn't have to give up on my dreams and acting. And I, I might work more, you know, because right. there's just so many people out here going after the same thing that, you know, chances are I wouldn't have that as much competition when I went out for stuff there, you know. Right. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, one of the things you're currently doing or most uh, recently have done was the Squirrel Monkey release Wonders of the World Wide Web, which is hilarious and looks at companies like Uber, Tinder, and Instagram, how they would be in the past, to name a few. How did you become involved in such an awesome project? He just says, I did a video. You want to read it? And I go, yeah, sure. <laughs> so it's that, that's that when it's so easy. I mean, sometimes I help him with jokes and stuff or we'll brainstorm. But we're actually doing one right now for Zoom meetings. And I think it's either the 80s or 90s. I can't remember which one. Uh, but it's going to be a really funny one. I like this one because, you know, everybody's doing Zoom these days. And so everybody can relate. Um, so that one should be up this week. But, yeah, he just he, he's a lover of everything retro. Uh, and so he just started this channel, I don't know when he started it, 2008, 2009, sometime in there, and just started, um, you know, putting up these, like, social media things that they had been created in the 80s or 90s, and it kind of took off, and then in the last year, year and a half... There go the dogs. (laughs) What'd you say? I said, there go the dogs. Um, so, but now it seems like his channel 
really good again. So we shall see. And his goal is to try to put uh, at least one out a week, but try to get to putting the two out a week. So. Well, I absolutely love him. I had a uh, weird Paul on not too long ago. I know he's worked with you guys. <laughs> weird Paul, I love weird Paul. Oh my god! I, 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 you know, I'm always singing his songs walking through the house. Peanut butter recall. <laughs> my kid sings them. My my kid who's on who doesn't really speak a lot says, "What a meal! What a meal!" Like some of his songs, he, he gets stuck in his head and he'll play it on a loop. Uh, and, and Weird Paul is, uh, there's nobody else like Weird Paul. And my husband got me, you know, I used to go, why are you watching that channel, you know? And um, he, he was like, just watch it. And I'm like, now I can't turn away. <laughs> and he actually came out a year or two ago. I think it was before I had my kid. No, I think I had him. Uh, but he came out and he did a show here in L.A. And Yo got to go see him and uh, met him and stuff. And now they've become friends and Yo puts him in his videos and tries to help him and vice versa. So, nice. Um, he's a really nice guy. And he's got a really good documentary. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it's, it's worth a watch for sure. Lo-fi something. Yes, yes, yes. No, I haven't seen it, but I need to because he is, like you said, he is a really nice guy. Very talented with all the things he can do with computer uh, imaging. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really, really cool, really nice. And uh, he works really hard, so I wish he had more followers. And, you know, um, that would be amazing if he did because he, he does work extremely hard and he breathes it, you know. So, uh, yeah, you want people like that to succeed, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, I have a comment in our final question. I noticed uh, when I was looking up all this stuff, you lost a substantial amount of weight, so I want to tell you congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, yes, I noticed you used one of my skinny pictures, and I was like, oh, how sweet. Um, I have been up and down and all over the place since I lost that. I, had, I guess this was... Years ago, uh, I don't know if it was close to 10 now or what, but I had dropped 105 pounds, and then since then, I've kind of been up, you know, down, lose 50, gain 60, then that. Now, I'm, I've never been at my highest weight, which I was at my highest weight when I did that episode of CSI. Um, so I was bigger than I was in office space by about 30 or 40 pounds. But, um, so I... Yeah, I uh, lost his weight, and then I've never gotten back up again, but I am pretty high up right now with this quarantine, and I just started weight watching again. I was like, damn it, you're back in this place, get it off. So, um, now my kid is motivating me, uh, because, you know, I am older, um, I had him at 43, wow. and so it's kind of like, you know, um, I'm going to be 61, which is 18, which is not old, but I need to get my health check because I need to be around for a long time uh, and so does my husband especially with his you know his special needs so. oh yeah it's true you have to be able to be around for your child and your husband and for all your fans to put out some more awesome work <laughs> oh thank you so much I really appreciate it you know sometimes I forget I'm an actor and then out of the blue somebody will show up at my doorstep and want me to sign like 30 40 posters and I'm like how did you get this information <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's going to pay off someone's uh, car note for the month, probably. Oh, 
That's that's what I hate because I've I've collected autographs for almost twenty years. I have thousands of them, and I hate that people could I could never sell anything. Like, it, ugh. I don't know how yeah. people do it. Yeah. I, I honestly don't care, but when you come to my where I live, that freaks me out. Right. But, like people have come to shows, you know, because I do a lot of improv and comedy and stuff. So when people come to shows, that doesn't bother me as much. But when they know where I live, that freaks me out. And they're like, oh, Google. And I'm just like, oh. It's, it's scary. Wow. Yeah, creepy. So, yeah, you send me those feathers, and I'll send you back a, a if you want. Or a, I can send you back a headshot or something Absolutely. like that for your trouble. Absolutely. Oh, it's no trouble at all. We have we have peacocks. We have feathers. I have stamps. Cool. Cool. Awesome. I'm, I'm sure my son will love it. And um, I will sign a headshot and put it back in the mail to you. Well, that would be so very cool, Kenna. The final question I always like to have everyone, you know, what, what the future holds for you, and of course this time's kind of weird with uh, with projects and whatnot, but what, what do you got coming up that you can discuss and you want to plug your Facebook or throw something through the phone at one of my dogs? I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> have the people showing up at your doorstep you really don't want yeah, showing up at your exactly, doorstep. Exactly, exactly, you know. And so, um, so that's been put on hold, uh, the production of it, because it was supposed to start in the summer, so I'm a little bummed about that. And right. I had a couple of things I was up for and auditioned for this, you know, pilot, and then the, literally two days later we went into quarantine and it was all shut uh, down. So I'm kind of in limbo right now, so I'm just kind of trying to create some stuff for myself and figuring out what I want to do and also where we want to live and how, you know, how we're going to, and we got to kind of see where all the chips fall and where things are, how things are going to be after this. Because I'm like, you know, everything, if it does crash and we go into a depression, we might be able to afford a home here after that. Yeah, Sorry no. about everybody losing their houses, but now we're going to swoop in and take advantage of a situation. No, oh, but, yeah. um, so... Yeah, so we kind of got to see where that's going, and I'm sure I'll be, you know, people are saying it's about to start picking back up again with production uh, here and there, so I'm sure I'll be putting myself on tape, and, and I still have done Zoom shows, uh, a couple of Zoom shows with the Turbine uh, nonprofit I work for. Uh, I, I used to teach classes, and then I, I've taken a little bit of time off, and, and then the quarantine happened, but I also do improvisation there, and um, I do... Um, I mean, we have like Helen Hunt, Jason Alexander, um, I mean, all kinds of people come and, you know, James Corden done a show. There's just been a lot of different people that have come in and, and worked with us and, and done improvisation, but of course that goes to kind of a stop right now. But we did do an online um, kind of a, a court show on uh, Zoom, and it was really it, like kind of like the people's court. Uh, so it was pretty fun, and, and it was improvised a few weeks ago. But uh, I don't know when any other shows are happening because uh, now he's been focusing on all the, um, it was Pride Month, so uh, the LGBT you know, community is, 
been on there, like artists. And then with all the Black Lives Matter, he's had, you know, all black cast come in and talk about their stories. Um, so I don't know what's going to be happening or when another show is popping up. But if you want to follow me, my I don't really do Twitter. I have an account, but I'm really awful at it. And I have an Instagram, but I'm really awful at it. <laughs> I'm on Facebook under Kenna McEnroe Lighton. You probably won't like my page because I'm political. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, you may not want to do that. But uh, I, I, tr- I usually accept everybody unless I know you're, um, you know, crazy and then i don't so yeah if you have like a chicken head in your hand and your profile pic and you're smiling (laughs) i think you're gonna get uh declined exactly or if you were from my hometown and i didn't like you then right i'm probably not gonna add you now so but you know um no i usually give people a chance and then i just like oh you're gone up you you know that kind of thing but um it really didn't say stop being so political and i'm like well, uh, it's forced down our throats right now. It's kind of an important right. time, you know? <laughs> it is an election year. Yeah, it is. So, anywho. Uh, but, you know, I'll also post pictures of my kid, and I'll post funny things here and there and that, too. So, it's not all that, but, uh, you know, uh, if, if that's not your thing, you probably won't want to do that. But I do put on my page uh, what's going on, you know, like if I have a show or if I book something, what to look for, or something's out on Netflix or this or that, then to, you know, look for it, so. Very cool, Kenneth. Thank you so very much for joining us. I did uh, almost forgot to mention uh, Greg Martin is coming on my show coming up. He told me to tell you hello. He was telling me how oh, such a great person you are. Oh, my gosh, yes. I love Greg. He used to be in the classes at Turbine, so that's so funny. You to give him my love. I sure will. I will also give you some peacock feathers. Okay, I really appreciate it. I will send you my address. Alrighty. Um, You know, if you're going to show up at my house, though, let me know. Nah, nah, not with COVID. LA is kind of a questionable area to be going to. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, and I will send you back that if you want it. Absolutely. You don't have to, or you can just, you know, use it for firewood or something. Oh, no, I'd love it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I really appreciate you thinking about me and, and having me on your show. Oh, absolutely. I just had office space on like a week ago. I'm like, I have got to get get a Mac and Row. So thank you for uh, making that happen. Uh, little did you know, I'm so uh, available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so available and desperate for anything. <laughs> well, let's hope that changes soon, and you're just unavailable because you're so busy. That is true. I'm going to turn that around. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, exactly. All right. Thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Ken. I'll send you a link when I have this uploaded. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty. What a wonderful guest, the lovely and talented Ken McEnroe. We have a pretty big gap coming up guys I, I i gotta i gotta get something going here uh, i had a great opportunity we have a great opportunity to talk to this great actor greg martin and um who i briefly mentioned this man's done some great stuff uh including inappropriate comedy mortal Kombat rebirth mama's boy iCarly, and numerous other things he's also seems to be a master impersonator he's got pictures as borat freddie prince uh the dictator from the Borat film, or from the Sasha Baron Cohen film, 
and many others. And it's going to be really nice talking to Greg. That is not happening, though, until August 26th. Uh, due to time constraints, porky pig, time constraints, uh, but it will be nice talking to Greg Martin. As always, you can check out jaanetwork.com. We are also available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Podbean, Radio Public, and so much more, YouTube being one of them. You can follow us on Facebook at the JIA Network, Cloverleaf Radio, and of course my page. Uh, Ian Falcon Boothby, which I believe is still facebook.com backslash the only host with the most. We will see you guys hopefully before August 26th, but if not, we will see you then. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a great night.